You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. It is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Welcome, Massey. How you doing there today? Don't you look nice? Man, it's, it's you're starting to change. Starting look to morph. Look at that volume. Look, the volume on that screen looks great. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're figuring out technology. We still need a, a volunteer millennial to come in here and show us how to do everything. Todd's failing. Um, he's not but, a millennial. He's he's too young. He's he's a he's a Gen Z a screenager, as you used to say. Oh, I forget that we're millennials. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, dude. It does. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This is Teton Sports Talk. We're a radio show, but we're also our radio show gets turned into a podcast every single week. So please download us where podcasts are are available. We are there. Look for our radio show. We're broadcast live on KHL every Fridays two to three. Now, trainer, it is. The, the week before the July the 4th, right? It's the week before. It's the Thursday before the 4th July, which is on Monday. Yes, correct. Or Friday, if you're listening to us on a sports radio show on KHOL. That's right. So what also is what I'm what I'm getting at is that this show is packed for this time of year. Packed. Oh, I know. There's nothing going on. I, Massey, I was like, you see, you know the TV I usually, what is it usually on that TV, Massey? What's usually sports. on Sports. Something. Something sports, like a college, college, World, college World Series, for God's sake, something. Yeah, nothing. I got nothing to watch, but, but there's plenty to talk about. There is plenty to talk about. Somehow the NBA has found found their niche when it comes mm-hmm. to the finals, and then free agency or the draft, and then free agency. I feel like I've had a lot of NBA recently, and I'm like, wait a minute. It, shouldn't this be over for a little bit? No. Boom. And no. we'll talk about this in the huddle, but big time, big time free agents out there. Free agents? I don't know, but movement going around. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did we did have to do the the uh what did you do? What did you have going on last last Thursday? I was driving to California to go see my buddy Rainer Kinney marry Taylor Dwyer in, in an incredible small ceremony. There was laughter, there was tears, it was beautiful. Oh, this is oh that's right. You went to a uh, a river river rat wedding, is that right? Yeah, it was super fun. I will yeah. tell you, kayaker river weddings, people. river people and kayaker weddings. If you ever get invited to one, just say yes because they have more fun than anybody else. Well, we know. Yeah, we found out ever since your your river people versus golf people rant. I think that <laughs> the live tour the live tour has taken off, and obviously, like we are soulless, black hearted individuals, us golf people. So. I appreciate your your soapbox back then. I mean, could you anyway. imagine? Could you the, the <laughs> scenario you just said? Could you imagine yeah. a golf wedding versus a kayak wedding? I can imagine a golf wedding because I've been to some. Oh, look, we we're taking pictures out here on the okay. tee box with the yeah. Tetons overlooking mm-hmm. overlook overlooking the Tetons. Or look, we're at the we're at the ninth hole. Isn't this great? Everyone's dressed up in uncomfortable clothes, and it's a little too hot to be wearing this sport jacket down here in the south. But you decided to get married in August. So we're all sweating our off Whoa. and i almost cussed kids show almost cussed and you know what happens at kayakers weddings in lieu shorts flip-flops and river activities and then somewhere along the line you get married and you just drink a bunch of beer and have a dance party it's so much better like can you that's fair how many shout how many renditions of shout can you listen to at a golfer's wedding before you're like Ooh. i'm opting out of this uh whew. that's a good question shout well, that's going to be universal no matter what. So you're going to have to listen to that. Mustang Sally? Mustang Sally is a good one. Uh, rolling on the river. Um, you're, what is, is it fair to say you're kind of confusing a golf wedding with wedding on a golf course? Okay. How was that Because a golf person wedding, I would think they're playing like 36 holes and it's all about the golf and it's less about the actual ceremony. No, but no, no. No one plays golf at a wedding. Two golfers right. don't get married. And people play golf like – We'll sneak off and play golf. Like that'll be a thing that you do when you go to a golf wedding. You'll go play eighteen holes with the dudes on Saturday or whatever. Yeah. Or on Friday, whatever. I forget how weddings work these days. Fridays. And Fridays. and that that's a golf wedding. That's fine. And then you know what you're doing on the golf course? You're sweating and you're dying and you're playing a frustrating game. When you go to a kayaker's wedding, people are like, Hey, why don't you just hop on this raft with a cooler full of beer and let's go paddle 
some uh, in this case it was like class three plus whitewater with people that had never been on whitewater before in some instances and you know they're having a blast people shotgunning beers it is so much better than sweating your balls off on a golf course and then just to shoot poorly enough where you then go in and drink amstel lights and be like man we uh we really killed it out there didn't we today guys like <laughs> golf awesome wow there's no like adrenaline yeah. there's nothing so- so those that went on, they got to experience the whitewater for the first time. Are you converting golf people to river people? At no, weddings? no, 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 no. These aren't golf no? people. You sound like a cult. <laughs> well, hey, hey, this is a this is a cult with an open door. You know, you can come in, you can get out. I'll be here the whole time. But if you like what you see, come stick around for a little while. I'll show you a good time. And if not, hey, it's not for everyone. Some people can't handle it. That's fair. That's fair. It is more rad, radical. Um, sorry. Anyway, besides that, what I was going to say was we had to skip the draft last week and watch it oh, as homework. Oh, yeah. So we missed the, let's say, the in-between of the finals, Steph and the Warriors winning, and it goes straight to the draft, as you said, and then it's straight into free agency. So um, I didn't know if we wanted to start with the draft. Let's do, let's do, I mean, we it. can, should we, should we start with sports or should we start with the fact that there's a bloodbath going on in Yellowstone right now? We can, we can, I, we can start with the bloodbath and we can go into the sports. Yes. Okay. So as we left it, the bison goring was at mm-hmm. two and a half after a 24 year old Ohio native got gored almost to death and got rushed to a hospital via helicopter. This is the video this from a couple pre- days ago? This, no, no, no. This is previous. This was start at the beginning of the goring season. Oh, this gotcha. That's right. That's right. Three days ago, a Colorado yeah. man. Colorado man. Gets gored by a bison. Uh, walking along a, a path near the guy, one of the geyser basins. Today, or was it yesterday, a 70-year-old woman got gored in a parking lot. By a bison lot. and had to go to Cody Hospital. So let's break that down, shall we? I'll start with a seven-year-old woman. You get gored enough to go to the hospital, that's one point. You add that to a point. That has been a very well-established rule in this podcast. Excuse me, radio show. Well done, well done. Was this the, sorry, well done with the with the sports show. Um, is this a visitor center parking lot? Is this, this I think it was my... a trailhead. Okay, okay. No, I don't, I, I remember. I, I definitely, man, I definitely manifested that back in May. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know the details of that, but that was a one pointer. I thought that was a layup. Now, mm-hmm. the complicated one is this Colorado man and his his family were walking down a boardwalk. The bison, I think, bluff charged and they didn't move, and so he charged again, and they dodged him. And on the third charge, the Colorado man, who got gored because he was too close, put himself. In between the bison and his child. Hmm. The goring gets yourself one point. You get a point five for uh, a hospital visit, right? Yep. But I think you get minus a point if you do it in such a sacrificial way because we've seen during our goring seasons that some parents have abandoned their kids and allowed the bison to pick them up off the ground and double somersault them in the air. Correct. So, We've, we, we, we never established whether it's a plus, it's a positive or negative when a parent or somebody uses, uses himself as a human shield versus sacrifices their child. Yes. So I think, I think in lieu of that, we deduct a point because it was okay. in a way self sacrificial you know oh right because we're that's right because we're we we are um we are basically kind of shining light on the idi- idiocracy of doing things like this so it should be a deducted point because it's like golf where the score the lower the score the better for the the people uh participating and yes that means yes okay. this is all i get perfect. it i get it i think that's perfect so cool. i was going to do a point and a half for the colorado man getting gored but I mm-hmm. think you do – I think you minus a point there. So if you're following along, the 7-year-old woman gets a point, the 34-year-old man gets a point and a half minus a point. That's point five. Our total up to today was two and a half, two and a half plus one and a half. The bison are at four. Wow, round number. I like four. it. Yeah, if you're keeping, if you're keeping uh, track at home, I hope you have a stat book for this. Yes. But, yeah. Um, also – 
And if you can hear my voice, and this is the first time you're tuning in to Teton Sports Talk, we have been doing this for five summers. And this is the most the over has ever hit. It's hit two or three times before this, but this over has been blown out of the water. I predicted one and a half Gorings. Points, because for, for good reasons, you re, you did your research. There's, yes. there's the gas prices. There's the supply chains. There's Jan six. There's all sorts. There, of there wasn't now. an airport in Jackson until yesterday. The airport, yeah, that was the good one. That was so good I was one. like, yep. "There's no way." Mm-hmm. Guess what? Mother Nature doesn't care. <laughs> and there was a grizzly attack, but those are wildlife, kind of brutal. Wildlife. Yeah, wild, mother, stay away from mother wildlife. Nature. Oh yeah, I forgot about the gri- the grizz. We so don't the, really count those. No, those are dark. Well, the the no the grizz. The flood and four bisons, four points for bisons. It's wild. It's a wild summer. It's the wild, wild west is back. Oh yeah, the floods in northern Yellowstone. They're going to open the northern loop. I have no idea how they're going to do that. They're going to only allow off-road vehicles or something. It sounds like wildlife and Mother Nature trying to take its its west back. Like it's trying to like scare all the all the transplants from the big yeah. big cities. Yeah, we're Just the scare bison, them away. And yeah. we're taking Wyatt it Herb's back. back. Hey, I'm Shoot. Mother Nature. Well, Get out. I'm Mother Nature's brother, Mr. Nature, and we're taking it back. You take your avocado toast and you go back to 90210. Well, right now it's Colorado <laughs> and Ohio. So, hey, Midwest, Eric, dump your chili cheese fries and run from the bison. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So that was just the update. Not towards them. Not, Not towards, towards them. them. You're right. You're right. Away. Away. Um. Just to clarify, where were we? We were gonna. We did the bison goring update, and now we're gonna talk about sports because we are a sports show on the radio, a radio sports yeah, show. Yeah, correct. Sports show, uh, radio sports show. All right, talk um, to me about the draft. I know the Pelicans got the uh, an undervalued guy from Ohio State, and I forgot who their first round pick was. Mm, that's right. Um, I got so caught up in uh, guess, guess who has a Duke. Guess who has a Duke player now? Oh, Mavericks. Wendell Moore Jr. That stinks, <laughs> a, man. I'm a Duke. I'm a Duke fan now. Um, yeah, we were completely wrong. So I had uh, <laughs> yeah, way wrong. Jabari. I said Chet. The people were like, mm. I had Jabari. I had Jabari. And yeah. then pa- Paolo. Paolo. Speaking of Duke. Um, and speaking of Coach K not being able to win a national championship with the number one overall pick. Just put that out there. Um, that is a fact. Those are facts yeah. that you can't dispute. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no wonder he doesn't want to face his fans next year and inside of a, another uh, another point about Paolo going first do they not consider how much of alcohol abuse he does i mean he got out of a dui or whatever but the man is Ooh. abusing alcohol why does this not come up on the broadcast i don't nobody know nobody talks about this stuff it's like don't forget when coach k's grandson got out of a dui because he was driving the number one draft pick in the country around just saying are those are those related yeah he was in the they were in the same cars they're in the same car excuse me Wait, Paolo and and Coach K's son, grandson, or or grandson? nephew, whoever was whatever the nepotism was in Duke's <laughs> Duke's basketball program. Coach yeah. K's daughter is the freaking AD, so I don't want to hear that Duke doesn't have nepotism. But oh, I was laughing at the at the amount of it, not at you <laughs> for bringing it up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Good. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, senile laugh. Um. Yeah. So his uh, grandson, nephew, whatever, was driving the car with Paolo, and Paolo. Um, it was Paolo's car or something, and Paolo mm-hmm. gave him the keys because he oh, was God. more sober than Paolo, but he got pulled over and and blew over the legal limit because he's only like 20 or something, and Paolo was an accessory to a DUI. I forget the roundabout ways. Those- oh, no, and he's going to Florida? Uh-oh. Oh, man. He's going to become a Florida man. He's just going to be another statistic. Yeah, poor Paolo. Oh, he's going to get into bath salts, and then he's going to be a bust. What do you think that the uh, – isn't Paolo is – he, is he straight-up Italian, or does, is it, does he have Italian parents? I don't know. I'm always scared to touch that. Oh, oh, ethnicity. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, whatever. We can breeze yes. past that. Yes. I was just thinking the yes. Italians drink excessive amounts of wine. <laughs> That's where I was going with it. And so he might be addicted to wine like LeBron. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if he's uh, – yeah, I don't know what the uh, the background is there. Ten-foot pole. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'll look right. it up. I'll research. I'll all research. right. I'll and research. Jabari went number two, right? I'm afraid to guess. I'm, that's what I mean. I'm afraid to guess without research. Uh, Jabari went number three to the Rockets. Three, Chet, excuse me. Our boy Chet uh, went um, the Hunchback the went to Oklahoma City. Yeah. The Thunder, um, I don't know what they're doing. I'm looking at them, and I, I can't figure out what building Acquiring stage. 
stage they're in. But they got Chet, but doesn't it feel like Chet can't be the number one coming off out of the draft as a 19, 20-year-old rookie? He just looks so you, – You sorry, you said why can't he or why – Well, I just don't think he's going to be – he's going to perform well in an environment that puts him at the number one. Cause at Gonzaga, he wasn't the number one. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he's just, he's so like, like Paolo looks like he's in year four of yeah. his NBA. Jabari looks like he's in year two or three. Chet looks like he's, he needs to go overseas and learn German and play for the German national team for like a few summers before he's going to come play in the NBA. Yeah. So, He's yeah. tiny. He's it's he, he's so his and that guy, the French guy next year is his name's of um Could you imagine between age God, twelve? They're so, they're so thin. It's ridiculous. I know, but between age twelve and nineteen, yeah. he grew from I don't know, I'm just gonna make a speculation. I have no idea how much he grew, but in the first twenty years of his life, he yeah, grew to seven inches. he grew seven feet tall. Yes. That sounds really hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not body shaming here. I'm just saying, like, it's it's like impossible to imagine how he's going to fill out. Still, Correct. like, it just uh, he will eventually. KD's still thin. He's got the KD body. You but know, KD is so good. I have a lot to say about but he's KD. So good. Yeah. Um. All right. So, where are oh, we? Oh, the big surprise. Where, sorry, where, Sacramento where, passed you. on. Uh, sorry, Sacramento passed on Ivory. That was the haha. Lol. Sacramento sucks. Uh, Ivory didn't even want to work out with them. So. They picked Murray from Iowa. Um, I guess it's kind of like. Did a, you see? The, okay, I just I just saw yeah, this. Go for it. Murray from Iowa, when he um, was listed at 22 years old, he was projected to go in the second round. I'm just speculating here. Um, and then they're like, no, it's incorrectly listed him at 22 years old. He's in fact 20 years old. And then he jumped up into the first round. Who is this? The Murray from Iowa. Oh, Murray. Yeah. 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 They were like, wait. "Oh, he's better. He's better because he's twenty instead of twenty-two. It's like, wait, what? It's it's the whole like this is draft grade or whatever. Yeah, there's less less uh, wear and tear on the tires. He's he's less. He's got more time in the NBA. Even though NBA players nowadays are going to play until they're forty-two, it's like the Tom Brady method. It's like yeah. LeBron and Steph. They're going to play until they're forty-two. It's going to be just fine. Especially Steph. He's he's got the game for it. When you get older and you're supposed to shoot threes and yeah. Um, sit in the corner and shoot threes. Steph can play that game till he's fifty. Yeah, and it's okay. It's okay that you know these players like like Steph. I think he came out of college at Davidson at 21, 22, and he you know he's going to play way you know late into his thirties. And to follow up, this was my guess, but I, I didn't want to make I didn't want to shoot from the hip on this. Paolo, yes, half African American, half Italian. So he's got some Italian roots, some yeah. wine, some wine drinking roots. Some wine drinking roots, exactly. Red wine. Red wine, that is. None, none of that sissy white wine. People that drink white no. wine freak me out. I'm like, does Pinot that does not give you a headache immediately? Headache and heartburn drink- is mm-hmm. white wine to me. I'm not drinking the effing Merlot. <laughs> all right, so uh, after all that, our elongated intro there, we need to huddle up. Yeah, let's do it. Well, got to cover the draft, you know. You have sports, to. Sports have radio to. Show. We're a sports radio show. Um, so... Th- the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, your quote slash question of the week, and your goat of the week. Um, we're gonna get we are gonna get to the top eight NFL teams according to some strange met- metric that uh that Graham used. I just call it power ranking. We might have to do that fast because my huddle is dense. But let's go ahead and kick it to you, trainer. What is your good news of the week? Uh oh, production value. What Did was you hear that? that? Well, uh, something about the Stanley Cup, I think. Damn it! No, no, no. That was the uh, the the old one of my favorite old jokes will never die, probably unless Arch Manning turns it around. The Texas is back, folks. But I'm yeah. going to use it. <laughs> Texas, I'm going to use it baby. for not only Texas because they they uh, secured Arch Manning, they mm-hmm. took him away from the Virginia Cavalier football program. Baseball, yeah. Massey, baseball is also back, folks. I don't know if you saw the Mariners Angels fight. I yes, forget how much yes, AL yes. West baseball you watch. Um, there were sucker punches thrown. People threw big containers of sunflower seeds. There was eye gouging. Uh, some guy broke his arm falling out of the dugout. His name's Archie Bradley, who he actually once pooped his pants during a game. Fun fact. Um, right. And then the Angels fans 
uh, sorry, the Mariners fans um, sent Jesse Winker a pizza because he double birded the entire uh, Angels fan base at the game. So yeah, got, got all sorts of stuff. Going. <laughs> There's Good a fight. lot to unpack here. Good it job. Is. Texas for securing Archie Manning. We can talk about that now, yes. or we can talk about that in a little bit. But I want to talk about baseball. How timely every single year is it like post-NBA season, post-NHL season, there is a brawl. And I think this brawl – I think think this brawl – exactly. Put on your tinfoil helmets, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a conspiracy. Um, (laughs) I think that – it is so perfectly timed. They kept saying, "Hey, we need to we need to get some excitement for baseball. Someone needs to fight." And so mm. the the guys were like, "All right, if you need a fight, we'll give you a fight." And baseball is probably like, "We didn't mean for anybody to break their arm and eye gouge anybody. <laughs> That's not what we meant to stir up something." But it was great. I watched. Who's the pitcher for the Angels? He's like broke his arm, pooped his pants. No, no, no. The pitcher that is, I think he's Japanese and he's humongous and he's like the oh, most Otani. Inc- Otani. He's the most incredible yeah. baseball player I've ever seen. Shohei Otani. Yeah, hits dingers and strikes people out. Yep. Um, MVP, reigning did you, MVP. Did you see him during the fight? Uh, no, I didn't. I one camera I was completely fixed on him, and he like kind of glides through the crowd. And he's, you can tell he's not going to throw a punch. And then he, you see him, a mariner kind of comes in his arms, arms grasp, and he just grasps him and starts pulling him back. And the other guy's like fighting, but never turns around. And they just kind of like eventually just stand still. And Otani just taps him on the, like pats him on the shoulder. He's like, oh, hey, man, good job. And like, all right, all right hey, dude. And like, no one's going to punch out. If you punch him, you're done with baseball, right? This is the most exciting thing. To, he's the most exciting player in baseball to this yes, day. Yes, he's a huge, he's a big asset. There's nobody, I know you love the farm system. There's nobody in the farm system quite as important as him to the sport. What about and that? Uh, what about that? Baseball jail forever. Who's that? The six, seven shortstop that plays for the Pirates? Oh, he's, he's on the Pirates now. He's on the big league club. What is that guy's name? O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. I would just, mm-hmm. if there's any prop bets about O'Neill Cruz being awesome, I would bet for it. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's pretty awesome. Um, he is – yeah, he's massive. Yeah, he throws the ball harder than people than anybody else. He runs faster than everybody else and hits the ball harder than everybody else. I want to go see him play in – because you can't tell on TV, like 6-7 is a shortstop. It sounds very strange. And you can't really tell on TV how weird it is. I want to go to a game and see it live. It's like kind of like when I saw Calvin Johnson, Megatron, play at a, at a football game. I was like, holy crap, he's so tall compared to everybody else on the field. You don't really know until you're there. And like that's the kind of kind of like size at shortstop he is. I don't. I didn't realize how Wild. big baseball players were until I went and saw a Yankees game once, and that's when they had A Rod and Jeter, mm-hmm. and they walked out of the dugout just doing uh, like practice swings before they had bats, and that's when I realized they look like they're swinging toothpicks. It's like, oh, y'all are gigantic human beings. You can't tell on television. Yeah, especially yeah. Well, A Rod was you know infamously uh getting shot up by his cousin all right should we in terms of steroids steroids that is right right uh should we talk about archie manning right now yes bring it on so archie manning has went ahead and committed to texas that that opens the floodgates for other prospects that are considering texas to go to texas now why this is important or why this is people are scratching their head over it is quinn yours is at Texas right now. The most highly ranked quarterback coming out of high school. He went to Ohio State, got a million bucks, came back to Texas, mm-hmm. and is going to probably start for them this year if I if I had to if I was a betting man. He's kind of yeah, he's kind of like Where does that a, leave the Archie Manning Quinn Yours relationship that remember, Archie Manning is a 17-year-old kid about to be a senior in high school. Have we ever talked about a recruit like Archie Manning? Ever in the history of college football recruiting? I don't. Double question there. Trent? Quinn and yours, qu- Archie yes. Manning relationship. Me, me, How does that break down? I got two and, briefcases. Yeah, let me let me take both briefcases. Let me unpack one and then the other. Yeah, yeah. And then just for the listeners, Archie Manning, Quinn and yours. How is that going to shake out? Also, mm-hmm. has there ever been a more highly touted recruit than Archie Manning? Ooh, top without man without Todd taking notes for me in our last meeting in our production meeting. Um, I'd say Quentin Ewers 
for the kids at home that don't know him, um, he seems like a combination of, let's say, ooh, like John Daly and Tim Riggins. All right. All right. Yeah. Explain. From, from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Go <laughs> um, ahead. I think that I'm hoping for a brawl. I'm hoping there's like, there's a yeah. fight on the, there's a fight just, you know, few, a few minutes North of here at the, at the practice facilities. And there's some sort of fallout with like, I'm just wanting, I just, I love the drama. Like I want the drama know, of it is, is one of those things, but I, the, what I can compare to between Quinn Ewers and, and Archie Manning is a lot like uh Peyton Manning and T Martin, right? That's a good, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so, T. Martin, but yeah, in the T. in the opposite way, right? T. Martin took right. Peyton Manning's guys and won a championship. Peyton right. Manning took him to the doorstep. T. Martin went through the door. Is Quentin Ewers yes. is going to be the same way where Quentin Ewers advances the Texas program? Right? They're not they're not all the way back with Quentin Ewers, and then Archie Manning takes all that momentum and all Texas the way back. Just, the yeah, everything with. Everything with Texas is, is all the way back. I love it. I think we should jump on this train early. Like, what do you what do you think? Like, Texas is back? We should start saying that more. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like frozen and disgust. Where they're at? Where they're at now? They they couldn't win the Big Twelve. They're jumping to the garbage, SEC. In garbage last year. Year to be determined. Last week you said that the um, who who jumped ship and you said that it's going to move up the time period. Maybe that within Texas and OU going to the SEC? I'm forgetting. Oh, it's um, BYU, Central Florida, yeah, Cincinnati. Team, BYU, yeah. Cincinnati and someone else I can't name off the top of my head. God, you will not shut up about BYU football. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think that Texas – They went 11-1 um, and one last year. Texas going to the SEC championship game, is that back for them? I Can they – No, I don't for, them, know what for them – They're not going to the national championship game. I don't think they're going to go national championship game with either one of these guys. I'm hoping there's a brawl oh. and one of them flips out and quits. And I hope it's, well, I hope it's yours. Cause I think that'd be funny. Cause he just seems like he's going to, he would be the most explosive and he would go like complete, you know, nuclear on the program. Yeah. And, but like how much time help me out with how much time they're going to be spending together. Um, Cause I'm forgetting. Quinn years, years starts this year. He Correct. probably starts when Archie this is, is a Archie's freshman. This is Archie's senior year of high school, right? Yeah. Arch, yeah. Archie comes in as a freshman in two years. Right. Quentin Ewers right. starts that season, too. So that's Quentin Ewers for two years. Yep. And then Archie Manning, Quentin Ewers either has to make a decision or he's that good where Archie Manning will sit behind him again. And I, I forget how many years you have in college football now or in college sports. It seems like eight. So... <laughs> I mean, it really does. BYU, yeah, you're all, B, BYU, yes, Massey. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is that maybe Archie will sit two years and Quentin Ewers will have three. Now in college football, you only have four, so that's God, a pretty significant amount of time. Archie, Man- Arch Manning sitting for two years. I mean, that's just wild to think about. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a fight. There's going to be a fight, a portal, or Arch is really going to like really suck it up and say like i'm a manning and i'm gonna sit at texas like i yeah i, I this is gonna be a lot of drama this time next year this is what we're gonna be talking about i know this, it's this, like, this debate in terms of it going into the football season this is gonna be a huge story i don't um, i think yeah. they're gonna go ahead i think sarkeesian was smart enough and go ahead and be like we're gonna redshirt archie because you just also yeah. with that tor- type of legacy you have to balance you have to think to yourself I can't expose this kid too early because if I do and I'm yeah and and I become the goat, not greatest of all time, but the goat in the former usage, usage of goat. Um, if I become the a, goat the for goat? failing for yeah the bad goat for failing the Manning <laughs> legacy, yes. like you can't. That's yeah. A there's a lot of pressure on Arch. The most of the most the pressure is on Arch Manning. Second is Sarkeesian yep. being like, if I screw this up. Then I'm going to look like a fool, and I'm never going to get another job again. Yes, yeah, Sark's got an embarrassment of riches. Never he he hasn't been this flush with with uh, options since his liquor cabinet had Jack Daniels and Jim Beam in it. Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I'd say Sark. The more pressure's on Sark, and I feel like we're looking at a Arch Manning transfer portal to Alabama uh, fall of 2023. Bring it. All right. Of 2020. We- yeah, I don't know. I know that I know we were going over time. Arch Manning, I don't know of another prospect since 
damn, I um, Eli Manning because of maybe because, because of Peyton. Peyton, yeah, I, Eli. Eli. I don't even I don't even remember Eli Eli's recruitment process. Yeah, Eli and like the early aughts. I have no idea. Um, so we got to move on. We're thirty minutes into this. Yeah, good talk. Good into talk. this show, and we haven't we haven't scratched the surface of everything we're talking about. My good news of the week: Kyrie opts in for thirty-seven million with the Nets, and Katie says, Ooh. "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> by, by Felicia. Kyrie. Yeah, he was like, Kyrie, "Oh, Kyle. you're not going to do Kyle. that thing." Okay, well, uh, I want out of here. And just to be clear suck. kd yeah. is not a free agent so he's gonna have to be traded and the reason this is good news is because new orleans has a chance new orleans oh. has a chance to land lloyd Kevin christmas Durant. don't you do that to yourself yes yes we're gonna the pelicans are gonna have to give up either zion who is making 13 million next year or brandon yep. ingram who's currently on the roster for 30 million next year i would hate to see brandon <sighs> ingram go and i would hate yeah. to see zion go but I got to figure out which one I can let go first mm. before welcoming C- Kevin Durant into New Orleans. Easy. It's easily Zion. There's yes. no position. I think Brandon and um, I think they call him BI, which is, you know, what the kids do with the acronyms and the, and the initials. Um, I think that Ingram, now that they were in a positionless NBA yes. and probably in college basketball someday too, positionless college basketball, um, it doesn't matter that. I think Brandon Ingram and Kyrie kind of play the same. Sorry, Kyrie. KD played the same position. So I would go with Zion. You got to trade him. Yeah, there's enough size. New Orleans has enough. He made his bed, too. Brandon Ingram's brought in a lot of joy to that team. Yes. Zion is being made fun of in Mardi Gras parades. Um, (laughs) That it would be. I I just don't think there'd be a huge gap in the Pelicans like approach to the game, if that makes sense. Cause Zion no. has been a non-factor for three years, right? I mean, so yeah. has Kyrie. I mean, he's played a hundred games well, in the last three years. Zion has, I'd say he had that. Was it 2020, 20, which was the good season where we did point Zion and he almost played 82 games. Like he's, he's been a non-factor. If you, if you're doing like the Pelican season, he played in full was a, a second fire. Yeah. Right, so the the Pelican season didn't matter. They didn't make there was no. I don't think there was even play play in playoff thing at the time at the time anyway. So, I, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I would get rid. I think I would bite the bullet and get rid of Zion and some first round picks, knowing that the Pelicans have some size underneath, and get Brandon Ingram, KD, and CJ McCollum on the perimeter. Sounds Ooh, big awesome. Big, also, big, I thought big threes were dead, Massey. Don't forget. Murphy from UVA still there playing three and uh, shooting threes and playing D. So Trey, Trey, baby. Um, what is your critical number of the week? Nine point five million dollars. Oh, really? I got a bigger. I got a bigger number than that. Who's nine who's getting paid nine and a half million dollars? Um, you're you're. Uh, oh, I know doing, what this is. We're Go doing ahead. stat. We're doing million. Yeah, compare um, millions. You're talking about the Miami contest. dual. You're doing. You're talking about the Miami dual threat quarterback that signed an NIL deal for nine and a half mil. Jason, yeah, sorry, Jason, Jason Voorhees, Jaden Rashada, uh, signed. Yes, this sketchy. All these NIL deals. I can't wait to see what actually happens. Also, who's representing these kids when these when nine and a half million dollar contracts are handed to them at eighteen years old? Their uncles. Um, the deal <laughs> is actually. <laughs> the deal is actually higher than this. Is the part I like. The the deal is. Hypothetically, if this is actually real, I think it's, I feel like this is, we're getting into like weird money stuff. Anyway, the deal is higher than Trevor Lawrence's, Kyler Murray's, Joe Burrow's, Tua's, uh, Justin Herbert, and Mac Jones's contracts in the NFL. Yeah, this is going to incentivize. Yeah, that is so <laughs> wild. It's going to incentivize kids to play longer in college uh, football because yeah, there is a cap for rookies these days. There's no cap yeah. for how much a starting quarterback can make at Miami. And right now it's at nine and a half mil. That, that is currently the going price. But here's a, here's a thought. Yeah, and, and sorry, he was, he. I mean, the thing about it, he might be paying. I mean, I know Tua hasn't really proven much, but he'd be making more than the Miami Dolphins starting quarterback on the Miami Hurricanes. That is that's yeah. that sentence right there is Puzzling. all yeah <laughs> puts my brain in a pretzel here's a funny thing you're seeing a lot of splashy um nil deals from teams that are kind of on the outside looking in i mean you haven't heard anything from archie manning in texas right like i haven't heard nine and a half for the 35th quarterback four-star quarterback that's a pretty significant amount of dough you never heard anything from archie manning in texas 
but you are seeing like i think the manning brand is just like everything is peanuts it doesn't matter yeah if archie <laughs> yeah. manning didn't work another day in his life he'd be a millionaire um what am i uh maybe he's never worked a day in his life um what am i trying to say you're looking at nil deals from miami who who else am i trying to think of but those um usc those, usc thank you uh who who's on the doorstep that I don't know the, why I'm blanking like right Dion's, now. Dion's squad, the Dion's, Jackson State but, or but they're not on the doorstep. You're seeing like Miami and who am I trying to say? Like maybe Michigan, but I can't think of an example there. But you're seeing these teams, Texas A&M, that are mm-hmm. on the fringe making Tennessee. big – Tennessee, thank you. That's yeah, the one I couldn't think one. of. They're yeah. all on the fringe saying, look at us. We're giving these this amount of money to these kids. Because they need to revamp their identity. They're saying, hey, come to Tennessee and get paid. Come to Texas A&M, get paid. Come to Miami and get paid. And that's where you're seeing the most splash. It's very curious that you're not seeing anything out of the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio States. Um, who am I missing uh, out of those top four? Clemson. Oh, like college football. Oklahoma, Blue ones? Yeah, yeah, Clemson, Oklahoma. Notre Dame, which I hate to say. Notre, yeah, Notre Dame. Um, you're not seeing anything out of those teams, which is very interesting. Which makes it makes me think that it's still a little, still a little hush hush. It's like, yeah, yeah he got nine and a half million, but like Greg McElroy got five, so who cares? I think it's yeah. Um, the I think the best way to look at that is like the system is already in place at those other schools, so they don't want to blow the lid off the past. You know what I'm saying? Like That's they a good already point. had the. You know, you, you know, I, I get what you're yes, saying. Like yes, the, yeah. the infrastructure is in place to pay these kids. Yes. Don't let's not start being like, oh, if we start putting uh, spotlights on. And I don't know if they can actually I don't know if they can actually uh, what are the statute of limitations on if I were an Alabama booster or whoever does these NIL deals were can they shine a light on four years ago if they're like oh that's where the ideal money came from well oh he must have been getting paid like that under the table back then so let's not even like bring that to the to the forefront that's a very good point i like that i like that yeah. a lot um my critical number Smart guy critical number uh 40 million plus uh, jalen brunson every year uh, for the next five years uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh that John is Wall. the amount the amount of money the Lakers are going to pay Russell Westbrook <sighs> next year. $40 million for a guy who can't even see minutes on the floor. More like Westbrook. And it's very it's very funny and it's and like Russell Westbrook completely fell apart inside a system that didn't feature him with the ball in his hands going towards the rim. And it's kind of sad for Russell Westbrook, but also somewhere along the line, I don't feel sorry for him because I'm like, you should have developed a jump shot. Yeah, this should have been this should have been easy. Like I, yeah, he he just fell apart, and like it didn't make sense that you know they were obsessed with this this new big three this time last year, and it's like he took the Wizards to the play in. He played really well for the Wizards last year alongside Beal, and then he was just a disaster. Disaster. He just fe- yeah. he just fell apart. All right, we're going to move along here. Give me your stuck on for the week. Yeah, my stuck on is also his off the ball skills. Like, if he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't play defense. He doesn't know how to, like, move the offense. He doesn't know how to set Um, a screen. Yeah. Have you ever seen that guy set a screen? All right, go ahead with Jalen Brunson. Yeah, speaking of guards, speaking of NBA guards, uh, Jalen Brunson. Um, yeah, it's gonna be sad. It's sad to see him go. It's more I'm stuck because the Knicks are so lame because they. So let's for the listener. Jalen Brunson is the Mavericks number two who just got traded to the Knicks. Mavs number two on their way to the Western Conference final. He uh, signed uh, free agents. The, the Mavericks could have potentially signed him for cheaper earlier this this past year, but there was kind of back and forth. I'm happy for Jalen Brunson. I'm not I'm not mad. I liked him. I liked it when we picked him. Super good, great steal in the draft. It's more than Knicks being lame. They hired his dad to be the assistant coach. Nepotism, and they that's, also that's a college, have that's the, a college move. Exactly. President, the president of the Knicks is both their, uh, his older, his dad played uh, basketball too. It's, he's the agent, former agent of his dad is the president of Knicks basketball. So I'm just like, great. You guys like went out and hired his family and his friends and said like, we're going to recruit him. That is so lame because it is, it's such a, that's something you do it. Like we talked about Gonzaga earlier. Gonzaga is too proud for that. 
like that is so Memphis, it's like Memphis basketball. Oh yeah. That's when <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's when your AAU coach is all of a sudden so head of recruiting. Yeah. It just pisses me off. And I knew that, you know, the writing was on the wall. The Knicks were scouting him during the Utah jazz first round series. I know. Yeah. I know we're running, but yeah. Anyway, I'm sad, but I'm also happy for him, but I'm also just, the Knicks are sad. I'm more, I'm more sad. The Knicks are so sad. You're sad that your boy <laughs> is going to the Knicks and is going to be sad. Eventually he'll be sad. Yes. The he's money will go, catch up to him. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the Western conference finals and now he's going to be at the bottom of the East yep. for a while. Yep. He will not sniff the Easter conference finals for his career in the Knicks. I guarantee it. I feel that. I feel that. Unless they trade Zion. Just kidding. What is the, are the Mavericks in the KD hunt now? No, I don't think we can afford him. That'd um, be great. My stuck on uh, is college football. Mm. Um, mainly mm-hmm. to do with the fact that all the conferences are either realigning or the divisions in college football are breaking down. We saw the Pac-12 lose their divisions and are go going to go for more a round robin league. And now, what affects Virginia fans? Uh-oh. is the ACC is dissolving their divisions as well. The Atlantic and Coastal will not exist next year. And what Good, that, I never memorized those. I never, I never did. I never yeah. committed <laughs> any of that to memory. But what this does do is a classic kind of like SEC East versus SEC West and the Big Ten East versus the Big Ten West. The Coastal hmm. Division was the weakest division of the conference, right? Yep. And UVA could go a couple of games above 500 when the Coastal earned the right to lose to Clemson. Oh, yeah. And then the Clemson would go on to the college football playoff and Virginia would play in a New Year's Day Bowl. We can kiss those days goodbye, trainer. They are gone. We are screwed. Let's go to the Pac-12. Um, that was very honestly. I mean, well, I mean, like, you know, logistically on the map, doesn't the make that same, much sense. It's the same The 49ers... Thing. The fun fact, I, I remember this like late 90s. I think the 49ers, before they realigned in the NFL, it was either the Niners were in the NFC East. Yeah, no, sorry. something. NFC, no, the Falcons were in the NFC West. Yes, that's what it was. The Falcons were in the NFC West once upon a time. It made no sense. Maybe we can do it for Pac-12 UVA. <laughs> that's my other stock on. And the one is the ACC and the Pac-12 dissolving conferences. The other is UCLA and USC just announced they're going to go to the Big Ten. Do you remember what the year? alliance? What year is this? Twenty twenty four. Okay, yeah, you've been good on the years, so I can't keep track. Um, do you remember the alliance? Remember us talking about that about a year ago? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. when Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were going to the SEC, the other conferences had a panic attack, including the big. Oh yeah, the panic alliance. Yeah, yeah the Big Ten, the Pac twelve, and the ACC, and not a year later, the Big Ten. Under the under the leadership of Kevin Warren, their commissioner, were like, you know what? Instead of this having this handshake agreement, let's just go get two staples of the Pac-12 and bring them into the Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, what a ridiculous move! And the ACC sitting there, sitting there, like, well, now what? I can tell you now what for the ACC: offer Notre Dame a bag of money, a huge bag of money. Ha- have they not already? They haven't. They have something funny with their system, like a huge contract that allows them to be aligned, not allows them, but forces them to be aligned for till 2036, I read. for So for another 10, 11, 12 years. No, let's do something. Let's do something better, Massey. Let's take, let's take Ohio State from the Big Ten, and then Big Ten can take Notre Dame. I can't wait. Do you, do you know all let's the – Let's get nasty. Do you remember all the uh, hoofla about – Rutgers and Maryland being in the Big Ten and being like, yeah, we play in Chicago Northwestern on a Tuesday, and then we fly to Iowa on a Thursday, and then we're back at Maryland on a Friday and are expected to play two games at home. It's one of those things where it's like, now people from L.A. are going to be playing in New Jersey on a Ew. Wednesday night. And like that is could not be further from each other. There is no conference – that can claim they have cities on the East Coast and directly on the West Coast. I mean, that's more that's significant than like point. Miami. That is just as significant as like Miami playing Seattle. Yeah, Rutgers. <laughs> that's so yeah, ridiculous. Rutgers, Rutgers, UCLA on Wednesday night football. <laughs> I was thinking basketball, but oh no, that was thinking football. But yeah, 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 <laughs> basketball. That's gonna be a mess. They're gonna have to mess. Uh, 
they play every other year. Who knows? Yeah, the Big Ten decided to make a move and a move and a move they made. The SEC thought they were the only ones that had the gusto to do it, but as it as it turns out, UCLA, USC, and the Big Ten. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna play in the uh, Rose Bowl? I know exactly. I was just, Massey, the integrity of the Rose Bowl has been compromised. Dude, the and I don't Rose know what Bowl else is the life. worst. They will not adjust yeah. for the college football playoffs. Every time the Rose Bowl hold, holds a college football playoff game or championship, they make they make the college football playoff work around them. They're like, no, we're at noon on New Year's Day or whatever it is. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is the snobbiest bowl. It's like the they're like the golfers of the wedding world. Oh, damn! The PGA, not the Live. We love the Live Tour. <laughs> All right, give me uh, give me your quote slash question of the week. You ready to take some t- take time real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Come. All right, all right. I didn't realize I didn't realize that. All right, uh, all right. Got it down. Go ahead. All right, Steph. This is uh, I love when this stuff comes out after I, I had I had to use it. Sorry. Um, I love when this stuff comes out after the NBA Finals and like all the stuff that's that's gone down. This was uh, Steph. Back in the day, basically what happened was Dell Curry was told Duke, who had already rejected Steph Curry from coming to Duke in the first place, meaning Coach K, had turned him down. He went to Davidson. Um, a year in, Steph's kicking, kicking butt at Davidson, and Dell Curry was told that Duke was really interested in taking Steph, like transfer portals, portal style. And Dell asked Steph, a day went by, and he told me, Dad, if they don't didn't want me then, I don't want them now. F them. It's Good great. for Steph. I love how that's history. Stuff. After after four championships, this comes out. Yeah, I love it. There's a lot of good quotes from those Warriors. I thought I, I saw uh, Clay Thompson be like, "All we do is shoot threes and win championships, baby." <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, you ready for my quote of the week? Mm-hmm. College football related. Y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if you decide to come play here. Say it one more time. I like that quote. Y'all getting a lot of money from the people behind these suites if y'all decide to come play here. <laughs> Mississippi State? <laughs> this is a Texas A&M staffer on ah, video camera uh. when he's taking recruits out onto Kyle Field and he points up at the suites and says, y'all are going to get a lot of money. There are no rules in NIL these days. Besides one. Jimbo. There is one rule. Don't offer recruits money on recruiting visits. And he did it on camera, which goes ahead and justifies what Nick Saban was saying to the booster meeting or the Rotary Club or whatever he was talking to. It just makes Jimbo Fisher look like a complete fool because Jimbo Fisher had this old school reaction of like, you can't talk about us buying players when you've bought players. And Nick Saban's like, well, it's legal now. I'm just talking about like – the NIL deals and Jimbo's like has this narcissistic your God response like bashing Nick Saban and then a staffer comes out and says, "Hey, we'll pay you money. the The money's going to come up from that box suite up there from the Texas A and M. Where do they play? West Texas, uh, Waco. No College Station. College Station. Thank you. All the Dump. College Station oil oil money is going to pay you some money to play football here. So you that's the hmm. only thing you can't say. So. Kudos, Nick Saban. We win again. We win. Nick Saban was right. And and Massey pointed out that Jimbo Fisher is a narcissist, and he's the only narcissist in this whole situation. (laughs) He's the only guy that's all right. Well, that that was good. That was good. Yeah, give me your goat of the week as we rush along to get to our NFL rankings. Oh, it'd be be quick. Uh, Kyrie, we've already mentioned Kyrie. He's all hat, no cattle. Big talk about taking a different path, blah, blah, blah. Remember when we talked about Kyrie for two days on Instagram? And we're like, it's going to be the summer of Kyrie. Turns out it's the summer of KD. We were wrong. Yeah, it's pretty boring. He's going to stay with the Nets. Now he's just going to – it's going to be the Kyrie – you know, the Kyrie's team. He can can build his new empire there. Um, What's really – Yeah, he took a note from the Live Tour and took the money and ran, and he was like, I'm going to go play somewhere else and, like, you know, social social awareness and and Kyrie, shut up. He's just just a weird dude. I don't know if so. So I think Kyrie is the guy that was in high school that thought – his sense of humor was superior to everybody else because he made everybody else uncomfortable or awkward. Kyrie has never grown out of that. He's like Aaron Rodgers in that regard. Oh, they're they're one and the same. Um, You ready for my goat? Go for it. A guy named Will Hardy. Have you heard of him? 
oh, this is the, uh, I'll let you explain, but this is, this is your boy uh, that you and Troy know, who's now a basketball coach for a uh, well-known basketball organization. Yes, we do not know. We know his younger brother. Okay. We, we were uh, fraternity brothers in college. He was saying that his brother, who's my age, he was playing basketball D3, and then right after he got out of college, I forget his roundabout way of getting into the college ranks, but I think he was a video video coordinator for the Spurs and was under Spurs, Kropovich yeah. from 2010 to I think almost last year where he made himself he, – he went all the way up to being an assistant. Last year he was an assistant on the Celtics on their historic run. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting tapped as the youngest head coach in the NBA currently, Bill Will Hardy. We're giving you your flowers, my man. That is a heck of an accomplishment, especially since I know you through your brother kind of sort of root for you adjacently. You have no idea who I am kind of way. Well, that's, that's once upon a time. That was like, uh, you know, Morgan Cox and you, you know, yeah, friend, yeah. friend of a brother of a friend of a brother who's a friend. And um, yeah, that's pretty sweet. He's like the, he's a Sean McVay of the NBA, the, the youngest, the new youngest guy uh, to, to make a head coach splash take over quinn snyder's throne in utah but he's gonna have his i mean he's got a good the good thing is i think danny ainge saw something in him because danny ainge obviously retired and then unretired and became like the president of everything for utah and who knows what's going to happen with their roster with mitchell and gobert that's like a pretty big couple pieces for the summer for trades free agency etc so whatever it's it's awesome good news yeah i went to school with his brother alex hardy good dude Ooh. you know just just your typical college frat boy but regardless great guy um we have very little time left we got to run through these eight teams we are now going to rank according to some metrics trainer is going to explain about how we're ranking these teams and then i'm going to power rank them and beat them regardless so trainer <laughs> please explain this segment in 10 seconds or less and let's get to it this is the final eight, the best, the cream of the crop for NFL teams based off their quarterback, their best offensive weapon slash skills player, their collective talent between the offensive and defensive lines. So everybody but the secondary and linebackers. All right, I'll go and the ahead. coach and the coach and the organization and the fan base and the All right, state. Go ahead. Give me your city. Give me your number eight pick there, trainer. We're going Denver eight Broncos. to one. Russell, dangerous cooking wilson yep. uh jerry judy Cortland sutton tied for first as his best weapon mid level offensive and defensive lines i had them at number 10 i i don't have them uh as low as eight but yeah i agree with you they have three pretty good uh, wide receivers and if i can remember his name i think his name is uh tim what was his name uh tim, tim, tim patrick Tebow? tim patrick thank tim you tim Tim Patrick. Oh, he's not on the Broncos anymore. Tim Tebow's not on the Broncos. Okay, confirmed. No, no, no. He's he's just working out in Gainesville. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Look at a look at a picture of him. He looks like a. I saw a picture recently of Tim Tebow next to Eli Manning, and it was like one of these two people was a two time Super Bowl champion. It's like, oh, there's Eli and Eli Manning. Um, I agree. With, I agree with you. I could have put a, uh, the Broncos that early up. Now, my eighth pick. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I don't know why they, uh, they snuck well, into your audio my top cut 10. out. The Dallas Internet's Cowboys. Bad. They will the Internet's somehow. Bad. All right, they will. They will be good, but they will somehow underachieve in the NFC East. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL, and I guess Ceedee Lamb's good at wide receiver one, but we don't know that because Amari Cooper's gone. I, what you don't know? Ceedee Lamb's good because Amari Cooper's gone. Well, what? he's going to be wide receiver one. He wasn't wide receiver one the whole time. Yeah, he can handle it. Michael Gallup can take off the pressure. It'll be, everything's going to be just fine, buddy. Don't All right. Worry. I'm just saying, Cowboys at number eight. What is your number seventh? Chiefs. Really? That high because of Ty- the vacancy of Tyreek Hill? Talk to me. Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, we got some guy named uh, Jordan Jordan Mahomes. Or is that the brother? I'm sorry. Uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Uh, the they have a great offensive line. You're really hung up on your Jordan Mahomes joke, dude. I can hear you <laughs> chuckling while you talk. Jordan Mahomes, I get it. But KC oh, at number bad. six, a number seven. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried. And like I know, but we're we're hey, we're we're what do they say? We're uh, we're picking. Uh, God, I had it earlier. 
we're picking picking nits picking nits here all right so yeah so I had Casey all the way back at number four because of Tyreek Hill. They would have been number Woo. one with Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid, but oh. oh, I forgot the coaching the coaches staff. Coaches are not a part of it. That's it's it, okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, my number seven is the Packers. I'm not. I don't know how the Packers Ew, fell this so far. High. Besides mm. Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, I honestly don't know who who the Packers is one of those that slipped my mind. And then we're like, who else do we have left? I was like, the Cowboys and the Packers. I'm going to have to rank them eight and seven just to, <laughs> just to make myself feel better. But, um, but let's go to number six. Who's your number six pick? The San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. All right. I can, I can okay. get on board with this. Keenan Allen, cool. Justin Herbert. Yep. You got it. Top 10 offensive line, mid-level defensive line, although they spruce it up. And they have if a we Bosa, want to say Cleo Max, a part of it, that's fine. What'd you say? Don't they have a Bosa? They have a Bosa. They have a Bosa who's going to continue to improve. And as long as he stays healthy, yeah, they have a top. We'll just say they have a top 10, 12 offensive line, defensive line. Excuse me. I also think that I don't know why I think this, but mm-hmm. Brandon Staley, he's going to do less number crunching and go with his gut. I, I can't watch him do a fourth and three from the 20 anymore. He needs to punt that away. He needs to stay yeah. aggressive, but in obvious punting situations, he doesn't need to run the numbers. He needs to keep Justin Herbert either ahead of the sticks or ahead on the scoreboard in some way and just get the get their defense out from having a short field. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you just need a little you need to have be a little bit of a football fellow too. You can't just be an analytical nerd. Yeah, I know. So at my number 6 spot, I have the Bengals. Whoa. Oh, Adam is not going to be pleased. Mainly because they have questions at the offensive line. Yes, they did, they went in the draft and got some help. They also signed three veterans. Joe Burrow got hit more than any other quarterback in the league last year. He got hit 11 times in the AFC Championship game. And then I think mm-hmm. he got hit nine times in the Super Bowl. So, um, Infamously, they couldn't protect him for a guaranteed touchdown on Jamar Chase. Yes. yes. So it's win, just one of those things where, like, we'll see, but they, they're, they're going to be stacked. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the top three. All right, give me your fifth one. Yeah, and they stole Lionel Collins from, from the Cowboys. Uh, the St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. All right. Los Angeles. All right. I can uh, get on board with that. Who do they lose on offense that makes you o- OBJ? OBJ. He's yeah, about I mean, to have they, an MVP. He, he's about to have a Super Bowl MVP before he got hurt. They got they that's true. That's true. Um, they've got Cup, obviously. Who did they bring? Oh, they brought in Allen Robinson from the Bears. Pretty yeah, top top twenty five, top thirty receiver, uh, top ten offensive line, top three defensive line with some guy named ninety nine. Urban Meyer could not remember his name. What's his mm, name? Uh, Aaron, someone. <laughs> mm, can't remember. Um, so I had Chargers at this fifth spot, which I think you can probably agree on. In my fourth spot, I had Kansas City, but I'm interested to see. Excuse me. My three spot, I had the Rams, so we're kind of splitting hairs here. Okay. I think that I think they got significantly better with Allen Robinson at wide receiver. Not better, but like maintained their dominance in the wide receiver standpoint. Um, when it comes to the number four spot, who did you have? Because I had Kansas City. I had the unretired and retired, but not retired. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, yep. uh, Mike Evans, yep. Chris Godwin. Yes. Top 10, top 10 offensive line, mid-level defensive line. I had them at number two. You had them at number four. Who's your third one? The Cincinnati Bengals, who you hate this year. Uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, top 10 offensive and defensive lines. They've already ranked their line at the top 10, even though they haven't taken a snap together? I did. Okay. All right. Well, and that was number four. That's what the OTAs are for, Massey. Yeah, so at the Rams, we already discussed the Rams, and we're getting down on time or close to time here. The Rams, I had the Rams at number three. I had the Bucks at number two. Who do you have at your number two? The Buffalo Bills of All Toronto. Right, I got Bills. I got Bills number one. I think they're going to be electric. Who do they lose? Did they lose anybody significant? Mm, not really. I think they've improved things. Josh Allen. They lost uh, their Seth offensive Lundig. coordinator, but you're not you're not talking about that. We're not talking about. We're not talking okay, about. Okay, all right, go ahead. Mid-level. I, the reason I ranked him two is mid-level defensive line. Mid, nothing. Nothing special on the offensive and defensive lines. All right, give me your number one. Oh my God, you haven't said the Cowboys yet. Oh my God, 
This whole list. It has been four, it has been an entire I was month. I, I've been it has waiting. been an I've been entire waiting. month, and you just compromised this whole drill. I'm not doing this. Sports fans, I'm that kidding. is all the time oh, no. on tonight's oh, show. So mad. I cannot oh. believe this. This it's a joke. podcast, it, this radio show is over. Download no, no, the podcast. You, wait, give me a second. Let you me, have let five me speak seconds. To the people. You have five seconds. They're really number eight. Let me move everybody on.